This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Michael. This is Kevin Schwantz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is hour number two of the big program, and it's uh, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Interesting first hour of the Evergreen Podcast production of Pit Pass. And by the way, uh, we are broadcasting from the iHeart Studios in Des Moines, Iowa. Why is that important? Well, this week, all the uh, the big brass, all the, the big bosses from iHeart are here in Des Moines to view what it is we do and how it is we do what we do so well. And... Uh, they're in the hallway right now marveling at the quality production that we're able to put on. And a lot of it has to do with Jack and Leanne DeLeon, our, our producer, our executive producer, and our uh, co-executive producer. So, Jack, uh, the good folks from uh, Texas and from around the country that have gathered here this week are admiring your work. Maybe not so much you, but Leanne for sure. But I just want to let you know, let you know and let, let everybody else know that the, the folks at iHeart value this program. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you got me. You made Leanne laugh, which is probably a good thing right now. <laughs> PJ Duran in studio. Tony Wink. Tony, we had an uh, interesting first hour. Zach Osborne, uh, Ben Kelly. Uh, we had Austin Forkner, kind of an unplanned interview, but I thought rather, uh, well, an exclusive interview for that, for, for that matter. Uh, Austin uh, suffering from a. Uh, uh, what, what what do you call it? A, a fully torn ACL? Is that right? MCL, ACL. I think he had it all right. Yeah. So, I so think what he, happens he there? The knee, just, knee. the knee just goes limp? It gets ripped apart, and he's having it rebuilt, and best to him doing so. All right. Well, he, I thought it was rather uh, an interesting expose of, of uh, his injury and what he's doing to recover from it. We wish him the best, obviously. And then uh, we finished the hour with uh, Justin Brayton and what has now become his 60-second interview on this very program. <laughs> Probably. He's yeah. had a few. Well, I mean, it's a go-to guy. I love talking with him. I know you do too. PJ, perhaps not so much, but uh, we, we have a good time with him, right? And he's smart. He's super smart about the business. I think that's that's key. I really do. Anyway, do up this hour, Carlin uh, Gardner and Jared Mees. You may have heard Jared on the program over the years, and uh, he rejoins us tonight. But we start the program off in what we call our Wise Coast segment, and that, of course, is with Carlin Gardner. Carlin finished second at the 2019 ninth Annual Wise Co. Two-Stroke World MX Championship, uh, hosted by Fast House. He joins us now. Carlin, how are you? Great. How are you? Good, man. Congratulations. Uh, second place in a very tough race for sure, but doing so in the eyes of all those at Wiseco who have sponsorship dollars, I think that's pretty special. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, it was really exciting. It was kind of a last-minute uh, decision to go do it, um, but I was glad I, glad I showed up, and it was a fun race. Tell us what you rode. I rode a YZ 
250 converted to a 325, an Eddie Sanders 325 kit. How do you 325? Do, yeah, I was going to say, how do you do that? <laughs> he, he just he builds big board kits for uh, ATVs and, and motorcycles, and he's trying to get into the motorcycle world, and we've done some testing. I, I think I've even ridden a, uh, a 340 kit from him, but we decided to run the 325 kit of his, and it, uh, it did the job. What's that like to ride? I mean, is it like a like a 500 similar where you, you kind of lug the motor and short shift it, or does the thing rev? What's it like? No, that's what I initially thought it was going to be, like more like a 500 style, but it's still you ride it exactly like a two-stroke, and you put it on the pipe, and you have to ride it really, really aggressively. Wow. And it's just crazy power or what? Crazy power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the 300 two-strokes have become kind of common for uh, – a number of companies, I suppose, but I, it's they they aren't known to be real revers. I would imagine there's something about uh, starting with the 250 that maybe makes that a different story. Possibly, I mean, also more of a racy style is more on the pipe as well. So I think that's what he's he's trying to push for. I suppose it's stroked and board. Uh, I'm not I'm not completely sure. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, so uh, I work for Wiseco. And uh, when did that start? About twelve years ago, um, we uh, you know so it's it's a it's a fun event for our guys to go out and, and attend. Um, what was the attendance like though? I heard it was pretty good as far as uh, rider attendance. It was good, both rider attendance and and fan attendance. I thought I thought for the pro moto, everyone came out and watched. It was all the way around the track. I had people screaming and cheering me on. And I had no idea who it was. That's awesome. But, and then there was 43 riders in the first moto. Wow. So who were some of the big names? Uh, I assume there were some at uh, such a classic track as Glen Helen. I would imagine there were some pretty uh, pretty fast uh, vintage guys coming out. Um, not too many, I would say, vintage guys. I would say Michael Lessie, Tyler Bowers, um, those were, I would say, I thought would be the biggest competition. And then uh, Zach Bell was there. He won it last year. Uh, Robbie Wageman, Alan LaFontaine, Josh Moseman, um, shoot, uh, Justin Heff. What about Brownie? Uh, uh, Bra- oh, yeah, Brown was there. That's right. Yeah. I, I, there was a lot of guys. I couldn't I wouldn't be able to name them all. There was a lot of competition. How about that, that KX500 that Tyler – I heard he got a flat or something, but that bike that Tyler Bowers showed up with. Yeah, that, that thing's ridiculous. Oh. I, I, I couldn't believe he hung on for two 20-minute motos. I mean, he had a flat, but he still rode with a flat for a little while. <laughs> yeah, unless he rode in, what, the uh, plus 40 class? Come on. What? Uh, no, I don't. I think he was in pro. He was in pro. His wheel, I heard his wheel broke or a hub broke or yeah, something yeah, on he his. Blew out, he, he blew out his rear wheel in the first moto. Yeah. Wow. What a drag. How tough is that? What's it like racing uh, Glen Helen? Is I mean, as historic as it is, that racetrack in California, um, for many of us who are sitting on the outside looking in, what's it like for an athlete like yourself to get out there and get after it at Glen Helen? It's pretty difficult. It's pretty difficult if you're riding motocross full-time, let alone in the middle of supercross season, and then you just jump out there. I mean, it's probably one of the fastest, roughest tracks you can get. Um, so... Switching from, I haven't ridden outdoors since, you know, probably before October, and I got the call to go do this, and I haven't ridden a two-stroke, and, you know, before Supercross either, so I rode on Friday, and I felt lost, and I was very nervous, actually, because I did not have anything dialed in. I knew, like, you get to the point where you know how fast you have to go, but your vision kind of gets blurry at that point, so I didn't 
just wasn't really trusting um, too much of my ability to be up front. But come first moto, and we had practice in the morning. I felt a lot better in first moto. I knew I had to just get up front. That was just the only way I could have done it. What do you prep yourself with as far as what you put in your body? I mean, some guys might go with the the easy answer, and that might be a Red Bull or a, a rock star or whatever. Um, but what what do you prep yourself with as far as uh, energy? What what are you looking for in the term in terms of energy? Are you putting uh, a lot of uh, um, Tony? What do, what do you call the pasta? What what is pasta? It's uh, uh, carb loading. Car, car loading up with carbs. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I do. Normally, <laughs> I do the same thing for Supercross and Motocross on on Friday nights. I always eat like heavier, like a steak with like some bread and, and rice and potatoes, something that's always heavy. It's going to be long lasting. And Supercross race days aren't too bad. I kind of stay a little lighter because we're not doing long duration until the very end of the night, so we can kind of manage our our uh, what we're burning through the day. But on outdoor stuff, you have to constantly eat every single time you can because you're burning so much energy all day long. Yeah, and you li- you literally can't almost eat enough to, to what you're burning. So it's just you're just shoving food down your down your throat to just keep energy in yourself through the day. Tony, you're like that, aren't you? I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much right before the show. <laughs> okay. It's tough to get enough fuel to get through. Or did you bring your own suspension? You said you were, you know, maybe a little bit lost early on in the in the weekend. Uh, clearly, you got on with the bike eventually. Did you just bring your own uh, suspension settings from a from another bike? Or? Luckily, no. Luckily, it all kind of worked out. Uh, Eddie Sanders drove. He he brought the bike to me on on. Uh, he brought it down from Oregon, and I knew we had to get suspension because I knew it was stock stuff. I didn't have anything laying around, so I called Race Tech. And I worked very closely with those guys in Supercross as well. And I had said, hey, I need a favor. Uh, can we bust this out? And they, they put everything aside for me and, and did a suspension uh, build for me on Thursday so I can practice on it Friday. Uh, we did a little bit of sag, sag setup on Friday, a little bit of high-speed adjustment. And I, I ran it. I didn't do too much. It was just me getting used to, uh, to the feel of outdoor suspension that was the toughest part because we run Supercross stuff all season long. And it's very weird to change aggressively right into outdoor suspension it feels so soft but it ended up i barely made little any changes at all and it worked perfectly you know looking back uh in the supercross this year um we were at uh where i was at san diego and what a mess um you raced there i know um did you uh did you get burned from the lime yeah I got I got pretty messed up from it. I didn't get it in places some of the other guys did it. I got on the back of my legs real bad. Um, wish I could show you guys some pictures, but it was it, I got it really bad. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. The pictures don't work well over the phone for radio, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but you could describe it maybe. Is is it like um, poison ivy equivalent to poison ivy? That type of burn? Oh, I'm. It basically just looked like extreme road rash. Ooh. Like at first it was just like raw looking. And, and then it became just this big old scab that you anytime you move, it would just ruin you, especially on the back of your legs. I couldn't ride or, or train for two weeks. Uh, did you skip some rounds then? I did not, no. I, I raced on the weekend. I just couldn't do anything during the week. Yeah. That is brutal. Did Feld, I heard Feld uh, cut some checks over that deal? Uh, yeah, they offered money to anyone who uh, wanted to accept it. And uh, I, that, I personally did not. I personally did not take it. That sounds like uh, 
a political answer? Was there some uh, some uh, some agreements that had to go along with uh, that? I'm guessing is why you phrased your answer the way you did, Carlin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has their beliefs and and the reasons on why they accepted it. Or I, I know in the beginning, no one really accepted it. Um, but you know, I, I I stuck to what I believed in and what what I thought, and that's just the reason. I mean, I, it's nothing. I'm not blaming, you know for doing anything I, I know the reason why it happened i understand the reason why it happened there was just circumstances on how it was treated that i wasn't completely agreeing upon so that's the only reason i didn't take it fair enough and from uh, feld we have on the uh, live line right now Brett, uh, <laughs> uh, jack can we go to the legal counsel for feld no He's not on? Okay. Hung up already. All right. Just kidding. Well, Carlin, I think it's pretty cool. Obviously, the fans did too out there at Glen Helen. Um, I believe Dennis Stapleton was there from Wiseco. And uh, I'm sure guy, I'm sure other people from Wiseco were there. Um, where do you do you see that event going anywhere besides Glen Helen? Do you, do you see it becoming a something that we could build off of and, and take to other locations? you think it'd work, or do you think it's just something cool that you do once a year? I think so, especially you know, if, there, if it's another chance for pros to go race and make a little money. I think there's, there's, that's the hardest thing outside of professional racing is other races to make money at. Um, I, think, I think it's great that the, the Pro National Series is bringing in some 125 races. I think they can do the same with the 250 class as well if they put – a double class and then that's going to bring excitement for the fans that's going to bring more opportunity for pros that aren't you know able to race their own motorcycles for 235 minute motos i think it's just a great opportunity i think it's a, a perfect event great answer i do too i think a 125 two-stroke and a 252 stroke at the outdoor nationals they've ran the women's class out basically so um there's time there's definitely time in the day you know um and as from a fan outdoors is a long day yeah boy and it would be cool. It doesn't have to be a 35-minute moto. It can be a 10, 15, 20-minute moto. Um, yeah, exactly. And make a series out of it. You were know, saying make a season-long series out of it? Well, they did. With the, that's what they did with the 125 yeah. class. They've, they've got a 125 class. And what is it, like four or five rounds that they're going to have it? I know it's going to be at Millville and, and a few other ones. I heard, I heard every round this year. Oh, it is? Red okay. Blood, et cetera, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. That'll be awesome. I think that there's. I know people that are racing it. I know people that are that are signing up for it. And I wonder how many people there will really be. You know, you think it'll be full gates? I, I would imagine it would be. The 125. I mean, I don't know how far back east. I'm sure some of the bigger rounds. The first round for sure. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it'll be pretty popular. Hmm. A lot of fun. Well, I mean, if you're there, obviously it will be, right? Me or him. No, definitely not you. Uh, that's weird that you would ask that. You would think you would know. Is this is this three fifty two? Is that is that what the displacement was on the bike you rode? Um, What'd you say it was? Uh, three twenty five. Three twenty five. Three twenty five. Is that thing for sale? He sells those kits. Yeah. No, no, that no, motorcycle. No, he wants he wants the whole bike. I don't want to deal with anything. I just want to own the motorcycle. Can we buy that? Uh, I don't know. He, Eddie owns the motorcycle. You'd have to give him a call. Well, I don't. Why can't we do that? I mean, I got you in the lineup of the Harlem Globetrotters this season. Why can't I get you a, a bike like this? I think it'd be interesting. Don't I you? think you probably should buy it for me. Okay, I'm thinking I've got six thousand dollars. It says I can own it. Six grand. Uh, probably. Probably. He's probably gonna be a little north of that. What year's the chassis on that thing, Carlin? <laughs> 2018. 
Okay, so it's not. Uh, yeah, it's probably, probably a little north. Probably a little north of. Uh, yeah, you think twelve grand to buy that bike? Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not saying anything. I know it's a very well set up bike. It's got. <laughs> it's got good parts on it. <laughs> and if it's if it was stock suspension, I think you might be getting in the ballpark. I mean, he's got a kit on it that I'm sure isn't cheap, and his setup knowledge building the motor. But I bet you you're getting close. I'm going to ask you, Carlin, stay on the line at, at, at when we go to the uh, go to the break because I want to get his phone number uh, from you, and we'll get him on the show and get a, a solid answer out of him what's going to take to buy it, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks for joining us. Do appreciate it. We're going to take a quick time out on the live line, but before we do that, we want to give you a chance to uh, recognize your sponsors. Who are they? Uh Supercross, I can't thank uh, Team BWR Engines enough for, for providing me what they do this season, making everything happen. Um, Bolt Motorcycle Hardware, uh, LTech Underground Utilities, Fly Racing, Garnet, SSI Decals, uh, Pro Circuit, uh, Racetech, uh, BWR Engines himself, Brian White, uh, my dad, AIM Service Group. Uh, shoot, I can't, I mean, anyone who's helped me recluse, Mika Metals. Uh, works connection just just everyone laser star light everyone who's made it possible for me this season can't thank them enough is your bike to you have a light kit on your bike so you know when you're at at night the light changes um, you know around the frame and stuff like that red to blue to green <laughs> we've thought about it but i don't think felt <laughs> wouldn't allow too much why wouldn't they i mean you're talking about um, a light kit oh that'd be so good i think it'd be sweet how cool would that be you can, well, when I when I get into the opening ceremonies one day, well, then I'll have something special. Let's do it. That would be that would be hilarious to see. Carlin, thank you so much for the time on behalf of PJ and Tony and and uh, mostly me. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to join us. Okay. Thank you guys very much. There we go, Carlin Gardner, on the live line. Uh, took second place at the 2019 ninth annual Wiseco Two Stroke. Why weren't you there, Tony? I don't I don't understand why you were not there. I was. Running my own race. Ah. I was busy running my own track in uh, Iowa. So working for the man. All right. Do me a favor. Stay tuned. More from our uh, studios here. This is the Evergreen Podcast production of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, PJ Duran, Tony Wink. Back after this. Stay tuned. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast